I V M I V M Hello everyone this is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday I'm your host Monish and as always joined by Nishant this is Triangle Offense We saw one of the best all-time performances in playoff history yesterday by Kevin Durant. You could say that the Milwaukee Bucks choked or you could say that they were totally outplayed by an all-time great. Lots to talk about on today's episode. Let's get started. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast, join us, Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. Yesterday when I asked you how could the Nets win, in what scenario could the Nets win? You said Kevin Durant had to shoot unconscious. He did. He scored 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 16 out of 23 on shooting. 4 out of 9 from 3 he played every single second played 48 minutes against a strong milwaukee team who were leading by 16 midway through the third quarter uh, he had no kyrie had uh, kyrie irving on his team who was injured he had james harden pretty much on one leg who was just there making up the numbers he <laughs> chilling james harden <laughs> he, he couldn't even play right he just had there stood there on one leg players were running past him so it was all kevin durant this this guy is a former mvp two times final mvp yet this could probably be his best performance ever because never ever before was the st- odds stacked so much against him yeah. and he came up he came up as a victorious person in this whole contest do you think this was his best performance ever first of all uh, yeah, arguably sure I, he's had way too many of these um he tore it up against the clippers once i think pat bev But first of all, Pat Bev can barely guard Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> he he decides to go trash talk um, Durant, and he just ripped them to shreds in the next quarter. Durant did this to Houston, so he's had a bunch of them, but this one's right up there. Uh, but it could be could be best ever just because of um, how pivotal this is. First year on a new franchise, first time that he's out setting to prove uh, setting out to prove that he can win it without uh, the Warriors boys. um in in a new franchise where they, they really have no history like the history of the brooklyn nets is kevin durant um mm-hmm. so it's that's a big big deal and just because of how momentous the occasion is yeah quite easily the most significant performance of his career yeah it was 2-2 and we all spoke about the game 5 statistic right whenever it goes to game 7 the team winning game 5 wins 83% of the time this was it a very is, important game for that purpose itself and this go to 7 If it goes to seven, because uh, Milwaukee Bucks are undefeated at home in last in the last twelve games, so uh, we'll come back to that and we'll see if they can repeat this performance. But it was a great performance by KD, one of the all-time best performances, I would say, right up there, if not his best. At the start of the game, if I told you that uh, if I did not watch the game and you told me that two OKC guys combined for seventy-six points, I would have asked you did Harden play because he was ruled out before, right? And then they upgraded him to doubtful, and then they upgraded him to questionable, and then. it was questionable why he was there his performance uh, was also questionable like there's nothing on the court <laughs> that he did that suggested he was fit to play exactly but if i told you that two okc guys combined with 76 i'd yep. wonder and then jeff green turned up yep. he scored 26 points 7 out of 8 threes how important was that guy because 
in the first half it was just kd and jeff green nobody else was scoring yes. kd was getting the ball he was shooting whenever he got the opportunity if not he was passing it to jeff green who was going on he was on fire because uh, you would have expected uh, and this was what we spoke about if kd goes off who's there to support him right is it bruce brown is it mike james is it yep. blake griffin nobody saw jeff green because he himself is coming out of an injury mm-hmm. great performance uh, all his playoff experience with seven different teams all of that coming in into the picture here and just proving it proving a point in one of the most crucial games you could be a right. part of yeah uh, he and kd great performances uh, blake griffin got a few points he scored 17 all in the second half uh, landry shamet contributed he had a few nice drives to the rim at the end james harden uh, they literally could have done without him but i think his presence on the floor is important because the milwaukee bucks couldn't afford to leave him alone uh, the, he had to they had to just put at least one defender on him because you know his capability from distance and he went 0 from 8 from 3 and 1 from 10 <laughs> overall he he finished with 5.6 rebounds and 8 assists that is very unhardenesque uh, if i could call it that but yep. his yep. presence i think really helped kd to get that extra bit of freedom uh, for him to go and do his thing played a perfect role as a decoy and the brooklyn nets now lead 3-2 where is it where is the series headed now they have a foot in the uh, conference finals and they should be able to close this out because this was uh, this was kevin durant at his absolute best this had you could say they got lucky with jeff green getting hot mm-hmm. but the thing is if not him they have harris they have somebody or the other who can who can shoot bombs from three <clears throat> and that's assuming harden doesn't get fit by next yeah. game I, i thought he I, i thought they played it to perfection this is what the lakers should have done with ad when he was barely fit to play and he played anyway in that game 6 mm-hmm. uh except neither was ad as fit as at least harden was to to mm-hmm. stay on that court that long nor was nor is lebron at that age where uh he can take off like kevin durant did i think that's kind of the brooklyn nets showed the best possible example of if you have to force a player to play um, yeah. how do you utilize him because harden didn't take any risks yeah he shot a few jump shots but that's about it he didn't go to the line as often as he does or make adventurous passes as much as he does so the one time he tried i think he hit the cameraman and there was no player anywhere in sight um and yeah he didn't draw all those fouls that he does because each of them poses an injury threat but he was there he was on the court which means like steph curry gravity you have james harden gravity and every team knows you stop harden you stop the nets because you cut off the flow of the basketball that's where you choke them up so they they put a man on him sometimes they doubled him he missed every three he took they still put man on him uh, and that kind of cuz then if you are committing a man at least to harden at all times and then you've got two whenever kd has the ball somebody's bound to get open yep in this game it turned out to be jeff green i think he mentioned it in his post game notes that that they knew this would happen they knew kd would get a lot of attention and so they need uh, somebody to get open from three so He, he took he took his chances seven out of eight is not a not a bad return for for jeff green and they should just get ibaka out of uh, out of la and just have a whole uh, reunion maybe they can leave westbrook out that that, that won't be necessary but uh, <laughs> but you know what let's forget about the nets phenomenal game wow kevin durant what a comeback blah 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 great win i i want to talk about the bucks because i feel like i have championed their cause way too many times and have been let mm-hmm. down way too many times as have pretty much everyone in the in the world media not that we're a part of that but uh, <laughs> i think it's about time somebody held yanis 
uh, accountable just as much as a support because in previous seasons you could say he had zero support when they build a wall to cut him off the yarn mm-hmm. stopper formula you need middleton to step up he barely did in the post season uh, you need bledsoe to step up he absolutely didn't in the post season and so okay yarn didn't have support and why did they let go of brogdon blah 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 great this season they got drew holiday okay they watched the bogdan trade but they got drew holiday uh middleton's finally playing like like himself like regular season middleton is showing up in the playoffs um you can have off nights but largely he's there now tonight you could say janis played well the numbers will tell you he put up pretty solid stuff although a lot of that came in fair weather before durant started mm-hmm. going off yep um you could say drew holiday had a very bad game let him let his team down offensively that would be true and he was grossly inefficient uh chris middleton just as much though he had more points cuz he took more shots but just as inefficient so yanis didn't get the support yeah fair okay mm-hmm. okay but when your yanis santa to compo the biggest contract in basketball two time mvp dpoi touted to be one of the players of the league i'm not going to magnify one possession too much it's one game one possession but with the game down to 2 and the brooklyn nets had just taken a lead off of a dagger of all daggers from durant uh it was a two point game i think it happened right after or just before i don't know mm-hmm. but it was right there less than a minute to go uh, the bucks down by 2 yanis gets the ball dish to him i think it is middleton uh, he gets the ball popped to him he's right under the rim all he has to do is collect that pass and dunk it it wasn't a particularly rough pass it didn't come in like a rocket it was close range just one of those soft dinks to him into his hands it wasn't even a lob all he has to do is take that ball dunk it home maybe he gets an one maybe he doesn't but it's at the very least tight game with like scarcely one one possession left on the clock what does janis do he fumbles the ball he fumbled the ball a two time mvp biggest contract in in the league biggest <laughs> contract in nba history he fumbles the ball on the most clutch opportunity he could get it's not a jump shot but like i said i won't amplify one play from one game but here's why this is significant we were talking about like pre recording we were talking about this you also in those dying minutes in those clutch moments settle for a jump shot where you could have easily driven in because james harden was in front of him and that's about it you could have easily taken it to the hoop harden is not going to take any risk with that injury that's if he even shows up to defend when he's fit so he could have gone to the hoop but he settled for a jump shot bad shot selection i think i know why he did both mm-hmm. in the clutch Giannis will not do anything uh, where he has the ball in his hands too long before letting it go, because he knows he'll get fouled and he knows he's going to make a mess of those free throws. I think it's in his head now. He knows he's going to get hacked, just like Ben Simmons. He knows he's going to get hacked, and I think he fumbled that. Pa- that's very unlike Giannis. Giannis is not the kind of guy where the moment yeah. gets to him. He's not the kind of guy that gets overly excited. This guy drops thirty in a game for fun. he dunks for fun he's not going to get excited by the prospect of an open dunk even if it's to tie the game so it's not like like in cricket a fielder gets so excited about a one hand pick up and and throw at the stumps that he doesn't even look at the ball and he kind of fumbles the the fielding it, it's not like that it's very unlike yanis i think he got nervous i think he knew even before he rises for that dunk they're going to hack him down and he'll have to go to the free throw line I think it's playing on his mind. I think that's a big weakness, and that's why I'm calling it out for a superstar to go these many seasons being this atrocious at free throws. 
knowing that shooting you you take years to develop your shooting maybe you never do plenty of big guys were were like that but it takes you this long to even get into the 60s in in free throw shooting to the point where it's become such a liability that it's affecting your your in game presence of mind it's it's about time the bucks held yanis accountable they did a lot for him it's about time he starts working on this the only scenario where you can be this bad for this long at free throw shooting and still be considered elite is if you have shack body with shack dominance which yanis does not he comes close but, but not really so i yeah. i have to agree with that i mean it's a harsh assessment but i think it's totally fair because he was he's what is less than 50% the series from yep. free throws and now yep. now that they have the clock counter going on when he whenever he takes a free throws all of that playing on his mind it's pretty possible that was the reason why he fumbled that ball that was the reason why he went for that jump shot rather than yep. taking a foul and going to the line right it's called charity stripe for a reason not for yanis because he's not taking making the most of that charity but the bucks seem to have lost the plot uh, not just yanis right i mean the first half everything was going well for him yanis was playing like yanis chris middleton had a few shots yeah. going brook lopez was hitting those threes with pretty consistently so they had everything going uh, when the match when the game got close that's when it they seemed to have lost the plot i mean there were a lot of iso basketball which Yep. is not the bucks style of play throughout the regular season they moved the ball around well they shot three well mm-hmm. they live and die by the three and yanis run getting to the rim they totally messed that up i think they played a lot of iso basketball even one on one like it was like pass the ball to yanis let him take on blake griffin let him take on jeff green and see what happen right which he did in most cases but it was not the milwaukee bucks style of play they totally seemed to have lost the plot when under pressure and that is the defining hallmark of a team that does or does well in the playoffs right you thrive under pressure right. but this yeah. bucks team constantly this is not the first time this is a third year running that when under pressure they seem to have choked so it's it's kind of disappointing but is this what the bucks are now i mean a team that comes to the playoffs and doesn't make it further or they go to milwaukee now where they're undefeated in 12 games can they level the series and then come back to brooklyn and take a game yeah maybe they can maybe they can and 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 maybe we should put a judgment on the bucks once the series is done which i i think it's likely that the nets would would uh, walk past them uh, but long term this may well be the bucks unless they make some drastic changes yanis the, the best part about yanis is he's still so young that he still has time all this could be a part of his learning experience not everyone has the same growth curve but i think now bunnels has to go um yeah I've you know I've kind of I had his back in the past where I said it's more of a GM thing what are they doing to give him the pieces that he needs uh I think now 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 should be enough like three seasons of of this nonsense in the in the playoffs where you choke at the slightest sign of of pressure all that iso basketball wouldn't also where's your where's your play calling where's your where's your strategy because it looks like there was none there's no plan b or c where the moment fairweather stopped and durant started, durant started hitting those bombs uh the the whole offensive plan went out of the window teams got they got flustered and then they just desperately put it in the hands of their best players and said go go figure it out Th- that entire structure changed if that's how they played all year long okay but that's not how they played all year long that's not what made them um, this good mm-hmm. that's one two shockingly when jeff greens hitting bomb after bomb after bomb okay granted you can't stop kd when he yep. goes off like that it, it's tough to to put a put a stopper on him i mean it's tough enough to stop like uh, steph or a lillard and then there's it's it's the same thing in a 7 foot frame so <laughs> what do you do but you could have stopped jeff green at some point 
in the in the when when you saw that you are committing Drew to Harden or KD or whoever else because you think they're bigger threats. Middleton has got someone similar like that. Most of the time, it is KD. Giannis is in the interior. Why in the world do you have Brook Lopez on that floor when you know Brooklyn are going to start killing you from the perimeter? Yeah. Brook Lopez is hopeless on the perimeter. They should have gone small. They should have brought in somebody else that could uh, defend. At least a Bobby Portis, somebody like that who could yep. who could defend the perimeter. But they didn't do that. So no adjustments, no plan B at both ends of the floor. Uh, this this is a this is an all round disaster, including the coaching. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank the sponsor on the network this week, Cred and Sia. Thank you so much for making this possible. On Cyrus Says, Cyrus was joined by actress Shia Pilgalkar to talk about her career in acting. On Begin the Journey, Ashish Vidyarthi lists down the modern concepts of friendship and how one can choose the right friend circle in life on Begin the Journey. On The Habit Coach, Ashton Doctor was joined by Aisha Bilamoria to talk about running and developing an athletic mentality. Farad and Sunetra are joined by LGBTQ workplace advocate Suresh Ramdas to discuss the new normal in queer relationships on KBCD. On Tere Midarasi, Keshav Chaturvedi takes us to the riverbanks of Banaras and describes the soulful mornings to us. And finally, on the Positively Unlimited podcast, Chetna Chakravarti takes the fear out of the word responsibility. And with that, let's get you back to your show. Yeah, uh, so do you think the Nets finish the series, uh, finish it in six? Because they go to Milwaukee, it's a tough place to travel. The fans yeah. are the fans are loud over there. Uh, you can expect KD to go off again. I wouldn't be surprised given his caliber. Sure. But do you expect 25-odd points from Jeff Green again? Do you see Joe Harris hitting a few? Do you see Blake Griffin repeating that performance? It's it's a tough thing, right? Because they had to put KD on the floor for 48 minutes. They had to put a one-legged Harden on yeah. the floor for 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Can they do it again? One they, more they, time? They can, but I think this is going to seven. I think I think the Bucks have a win in them. I think it's going to seven and then it's anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless James Harden decides this is his coming out party of... Uh, Clutch Harden, like the premier of Clutch Harden. Uh, um, I I think this series is going to seven. I really do. Okay. Uh, Won't complain because the series has been fun. It's everything that we've hoped for. We've had low-scoring games. We've had disastrous games. We had (laughs) everything so far. So, game seven would be amazing if it goes until there. Yeah. Uh, In today's games, the Jazz versus Clippers, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Game five. Uh, The all-important game five, as I keep saying now and again. Yeah, uh, hey, Justin, uh, Kawhi is probably out for Game 5. Just, oh, wow. Yep. Oh, wow. That so That already. is a spanner in the works for the Clippers. Jazz easy then? Uh, also, given that the fact that they're playing at home? Uh, on, on a number line, what comes after 1 and 2? Uh, Saik, it's Cancun in 3. <laughs> if, if, Kawhi, if Kawhi is not playing, I have 0. 0, zilch. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the gesture I'm, I'm making. If you're on audio, God bless you. Zero. Zilch. No chance. If Kawhi is not playing, they're done, at least for the game. Game five is is boom, kaput. And that means, again, that we favor the Jazz heavily, statistically, if it goes to game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's home court advantage, so game seven would be in Utah. Yep. Clippers have a chance in game six. I hope they take it. I hope this also goes to seven. But if Kawhi is not playing, there is no way... That the Clippers beat the Jazz. <laughs> I never this, make bold predictions like this. Like there's no way they beat the Jazz. I mean, it's it's an easy prediction at the end of the day. If you yeah. take out the best player from the Clippers team against the best team in the NBA right now. Yep. Well, 
you know which way that's going to go. Also, the Hawks take on the Sixers game five. Uh, that's going to be fun as well because the Hawks made a terrific comeback when all seemed said and done. We mm-hmm. thought that the Clippers, the Sixers were going to finish it in five. But here we are, game five, uh, the Sixers far away from finishing it. The Hawks, can they do it two more times and upset the Sixers? It'll be, it'll be a great upset if they do do it. I think the Clippers got complacent in the previous game. I think they thought they had it easy. And they kind of sat back because in the first half, it looked like... Sixers, you mean? Yeah, the Sixers. So, uh, in the first half, it looked like they were in control. And and then they got complacent and you know, allowed the Hawks to come back. Don't know if that'll happen again. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. if I think it's, it should be the Sixers in six. I, though as much as I would love for this, I'd love for the series to go to seven or even for the Hawks to take them down. Uh, it's the Sixers in six. Uh, but customary 76ers caveat. Uh, you, <laughs> you never know when Embiid or <laughs> Ben Simmons goes down into a sack of potatoes. So as long as they're fit, it's, it's the 76ers in six. Talking about fitness, talking about availability, of all people, Chris Paul has now gone into COVID protocols. That means he will miss a period of time. Nobody, I mean, no news out yet as to how long he'll miss or when he's available to play now. But it's advantage Phoenix for the only reason that they finished the series in four. They swept the Denver Nuggets, which means they have enough time before they find an opponent. If the Clippers and Jazz are going to game seven, the Phoenix Suns will live with that. One, because... Whichever team is coming, they'll be fatigued. They'll be tired. Yeah. yeah. Second, it gives Chris Paul that enough, that much enough time to come back from whatever protocols he has to go through and sit out now. It it sucks for Chris Paul because this happened the last time he was in the conference final. He played until game five and then got injured against the Warriors. We discussed about this in the previous episode. Yeah. yeah. Here you go again. Uh, it's unfortunate. I really hope uh, he's available from game one onwards because... Like Kawhi is to Clippers, I think Chris Paul is as important to the Phoenix Suns. You could have all the pieces around him, but mm-hmm. without Chris Paul, this is a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year. So I think, uh, how do you see that one going? I give them no chance against either team without Chris Paul. Uh, yep. Clippers or the Jazz. And in fact, uh, how long is this? So it's not Chris Paul testing positive. It's it's I I would guess some kind of contract contact yep. tracing. So uh, it's at least 10 days. Um, 10 days to, to a couple of weeks. I don't know if they've changed that post uh, the vaccination cycle. But yep. um, if it's under a week, I think they're fine. Because True. this series is going to at least six, if not seven. I think it's going to seven, the Jazz Clippers. Which which means uh, if it goes to seven and if it's if it's one week of, of uh, health and safety protocols, then the timelines match. He doesn't miss a game of the conference finals. If it's longer than that, even if it goes to game seven, he would miss a minimum of two games if it's 10 days or yeah. longer uh, that he's out. That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, the Suns playing even a game without Chris Paul against teams of the likes of the Jazz, who uh, conference finals, that would this be the first uh, conference finals with this squad? The Jazz? Yeah. Yes, they haven't and made the conference final in a long, long time now. Oh yeah, so the, yeah, so the last team would be probably the Malone. Uh, yep. Yeah, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So so that's impetus enough for already the best record in the NBA. Yep. And the Clippers first conference finals ever, <laughs> like not in the long time ever. <laughs> and and Kawhi in a conference finals don't don't fancy any team against uh, against him in general, not in the least without their flow general. So they're in big yep. trouble if the if this protocol lasts longer than a week. It's it's major problems for the Suns. 
yep uh, we'll see how that goes but uh, that's all on today's episode we have two amazing games to look forward to i'll be rooting for the jazz i'll be rooting for the hawks to make an upset there yeah, yeah, but too. we'll seven come, games we'll come back yeah seven games everywhere i think yeah. nobody's complaining not even the phoenix suns they can like i said they can go to a vacation and come back but uh, that's all we have on today's episode we'll come back and talk after tomorrow's games uh, it's going to be a fun evening cheers Yes. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us at Triangle Offense, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us at TriOffensePod, that's T-R-I-O-F-F-E-N-S-E pod on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.